It's 11 o'clock, I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines, worker dies in a scaffolding collapse as Hong Kong is buffeted by tropical storm Lion Rock. Health authorities say they're trying to find out how an airport cargo handler caught COVID-19 and the University of Hong Kong orders the removal of the Pillar of Shame sculpture from campus. Worker was killed after being caught in a scaffolding collapse in Happy Valley this morning as Typhoon Lion Rock lashed the city with strong winds and heavy rain. The observatory expects the strong wind signal number three to remain in force tonight and tomorrow morning as the typhoon skirts about 500 kilometres southwest of the city. Jimmy Choi reports. Footage posted online showed a moment that scaffolding and netting that had covered a building on Broadwood Road pulled away and plunged onto the street below shortly after 10am. The fire services department says they deployed around 100 firefighters and ambulance men to the scene, and it took them more than an hour to search the debris and locate a trapped construction worker. A female construction worker was unconscious when she was taken to hospital and died soon afterwards. Another male worker was rescued from the debris and was not injured. The scaffolding came down on two cars on Broadwood Road, but the drivers managed to escape on their own before firefighters arrived. One driver was slightly injured and taken to hospital. Firefighters says their rescue operation was made more difficult because of the bad weather, the narrow rescue environment, the amount of scaffolding and the risk of the structure collapsing further. At the time of the collapse, the number three storm signal was in effect. The red rainstorm warning went up at 11.20 and was upgraded to black at 11.45. Pupils scheduled to attend classes in the afternoon were told to stay at home. Online footage showed flooded roads and streets around the city, as well as flooded indoor areas. One HSBC branch in Wan Chai needed its staff to barricade entrances with sandbags to keep the water out. The director of drainage services, Alex Pang, says authorities will look into the city's sewage system in light of multiple reports of flooding. Part of um, the reasons for the, those um, local flooding incidents is because of um, the heavy rainfall during a short period of time and also because of the blockage of um, maybe the roadside gullies. So we will have a, a further investigation after this incident to see what we can improve in local locations. Meanwhile, the observatory says tropical storm Lion Rock is expected to move north towards Hainan Island and the public is advised to take precautions against strong winds and flooding. The Labour Department says it's highly concerned about the accident and saddened by the worker's death. It said it would issue suspension notices to the contractors and work will not be able will, will not be able to take place until officials are satisfied that safety measures have been improved. The Centre for Health Protection says it's still trying to find out how a 48-year-old local man who works as a cargo handler at the airport contracted the COVID-19 virus. Fully vaccinated man's sample came back positive for the L452R mutant strain on Wednesday and his latest tests show he has a high viral load. His close contacts, as well as 100 of his colleagues who shared the same common room with him at the airport, have been sent to quarantine. While none of them have tested positive for the virus so far, CHP's Dr Tuan Shukwan says it's too early to tell whether a large-scale community outbreak has been averted. So at this point in time, we do not have other link cases to this case. And also uh, from the uh, CT value, we note that 
he has um, a decreasing trend of CT value after admission to the hospital. That would signify he has a quite recent onset of infection. So hopefully we have identified a very early onset case that has not been spread to the community. But we still do not know yet because um, he did work in the airport and with uh, a lot of colleagues and also they stay in the same uh, restroom and they, uh, his colleagues also work in the same environment. Apart from this local case, officials also reported one imported infection involving a man who flew in from the UK and also around six preliminary positive cases. National Security Police say they have arrested two people on suspicion of possessing a handgun and dozens of bullets without a licence. Officers say they raided the couple's home in Pat Hung this morning in an intelligence-led operation. Police say they seized a pistol, three magazines, 92 bullets, gas masks and other weapons. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The University of Hong Kong has given the now-defunct Hong Kong Alliance in support of patriotic democratic movements of China five days to remove the Pillar of Shame sculpture from campus. Francis Sitt has more. The sculpture, which commemorates those who died in Beijing on June the 4th, 1989, was created by a Danish artist and gifted to the Alliance, which is facing a charge of inciting subversion. In a letter to the Alliance, lawyers representing HKU said the monument would be deemed abandoned after the deadline of 5 o'clock on Wednesday, and the institution will deal with it as it thinks fit without further notice. The Alliance liquidator, Richard Choi, called the request unreasonable. In a letter to HKU Vice-Chancellor Zhang Xiang. He said the university had a social and historical responsibility to keep the statue. Mr Choi also asked HKU to explain why it wants the statue removed. HKU said its decision had been based on the latest risk assessment and legal advice. It said the alliance had publicly announced its disbandment, saying it would handle the matter in a legal and reasonable manner. 17 district councillors faced disqualification after the government raised doubts about the oaths they took today. That came just hours after the government decided to strip the seats of 16 councillors from the East New Territories, saying the oaths of allegiance they took earlier this week were invalid. So the reports. Dozens of council members from Chunwan, Chunmun, Yunlong, Kuaiting and Islands District took part in the fourth and final oath-taking ceremony before the oath administrator, Home Affairs Secretary Casper Joy. Four councillors, Poon Chi Kin and Wong Ta Kyun from Chunmun, Lee Chung Chi from Yunlong and Kwok Si Kin of Kwai Tsing did not turn up, therefore losing their seats immediately. The government said two councillors from Yunlong, Tommy Zheng and Yong Kao On, provided the oath administrator with reasons for not attending and their cases were being handled. Mr. Zheng, a former student leader, said he could not attend the ceremony due to surgery. The government announced that the oaths taken by 51 councillors were valid, but questioned the oaths taken by 17 others, among them former lawmaker Roy Kwong of the Democratic Party, who is a councillor from Yunlong. They have been asked to submit further information to the oath administrator. Just hours earlier, the government disqualified 16 district councillors from the Eastern New Territories, saying the oaths of allegiance they took this week were invalid. That brings the total number of disqualified councillors to 33. Even though many district council seats are currently vacant, Constitutional Affairs Secretary Eric Tsung says the government has no plans to hold by-elections. Well, actually, in the coming few months, we have to focus on uh, preparing for the coming two very important uh, elections. Uh, that's the 
Legislative Council of Gender Reduction as well as the Chief Executive Election. So I, I don't see we have, uh, we have uh, uh, sufficient time or room to hold another such a large scale by election for this DC. Education Secretary Kevin Young says all teachers, including those working at schools not funded by the government, may have to take a test on the basic law in future. For now, the requirement will only apply to those taking new jobs at publicly funded schools. Mr Young says the test, which will take effect from the next academic year, will be similar to the one given to applicants for civil service jobs. He says it won't put people off becoming teachers. In our curriculum and in our daily teaching, the constitutional status of Hong Kong and also the the, uh, content of basic law become part of the daily teaching and also become part of the curriculum in many subjects. So we think that it's necessary for our new teachers to have some basic knowledge about the basic law. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she thinks the one country, two systems principle will last beyond 2047 and she sees no reason to change it. Wendy Wong reports. On an RTHK program, the CE said the future for one country, two systems looks bright now Beijing no longer has to worry about Hong Kong being the weakest link in terms of national security. She said if Hong Kong can integrate into the mainland's development, she sees no need for changes to the constitutional order. Anybody will seriously ask, why, why do we have to change it? But of course, uh, something more concrete will have to come out later on to give the needed assurance about the continuation of the common law system, the monetary system, uh, the professional recognition system, maybe some land leases. Mrs Lam said this year marks a new beginning for Hong Kong and the territory is now back on the right track. I hope in time to come, Hong Kong people will realise this freshness, this newest, actually appear everywhere because I have asked my colleagues uh, in charge of infrastructure, highways and uh, landscape to improve Hong Kong's cityscape, to plant more flowers, to beautify some of the lampposts and to remove all this graffiti and these uh, dirty structures along the highway and so on. The CE added that after two difficult years, Hong Kong is now entering a new era. Mrs Lam says she's confident the mainland authorities will offer a new visa allowing non-Chinese residents of Hong Kong to visit the Greater Bay Area more easily. She said she had put forward a proposal to the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office and would meet officials later this year to discuss it. It will be a sort of a revised form of visa or permit or whatever you call it. But the ultimate objective is to facilitate this uh, access of non-Chinese Hong Kong nationals into the mainland cities of the GBA for business, for exchange or for research and so on. And the response is positive. And that's why they told me that we could have meetings uh, before the end of this year to discuss the details of what form this facilitation should take in order to make access easier for expatriates, uh, which will mean that Hong Kong will be more attractive in recruiting talents from overseas. Security Secretary Chris Tang says Hong Kong needs to get prepared for the new China Mission Centre, which the US Central Intelligence Agency is setting up. The US spy agency announced the creation of the centre yesterday, saying it would strengthen its work on China. Mr Tang didn't elaborate on what the SCI administration would do, but said espionage would be covered by new national security legislation that officials are working on. I'm not pinpointing on a single unit. Right? So in 
safeguarding the national security as well as the security of Hong Kong, um, we have, first of all, we have to have a, a robust uh, own intelligence um, systems and which will be supported by our operational unit. And then uh, we have also to look at relevant legislation. That is the reason why we have to revitalize the Article 23. Mr Tang said smart Hong Kong people would know the kinds of methods the CIA would use to gather intelligence. The new Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida has made his first policy speech to Parliament, saying he will do all he can to lead the country out of the crisis brought about by Covid. He says he's determined to devote body and soul to carving out a new era. I will devote my body and soul to overcome the national crisis together with the people, to pioneer the new era so that we can pass a bountiful Japan to the next generation. Sport now, and for a look at this weekend's football action, here's the BBC's John Bennett. There's an international trophy up for grabs this weekend in Italy. 2010 World Cup winners Spain meet the 2018 world champions France in the UEFA Nations League final. The competition was brought in to add more meaningful games to the European international match calendar and the semi-finals this week certainly provided moments to remember. At San Siro in Milan, Spain gained revenge for their defeat in the last four of the Euros when they beat the hosts Italy 2-1 after storming to a 2-0 lead before half-time with a Ferran Torres brace. Belgium were also 2-0 up at the break in the other semi-final, but France made an incredible comeback to force their way into Sunday's showpiece event. Karim Benzema, Kylian Mbappe and Theo Hernandez scored the goals to complete an impressive 3-2 turnaround, which may well restore some much-needed belief for Didier Deschamps' side. Remember, France were knocked out of the Euros in the last 16 by Switzerland and then went on a run of five games without a win before their World Cup qualifying victory over Finland last month. But opponents Spain are developing a promising young side. Against Italy, Barcelona's 17-year-old Gavi became the youngest player ever to play for the Spanish national team. That's the big game to look forward to. Now the weather, strong east to south east winds, occasionally gale offshore and on high ground. Cloudy to overcast with squalls, heavy rain and thunderstorms. Temperatures will range between 24 and 27 degrees. Seas will be rough with swells. The outlook, it will still be windy with occasional showers, squalls and thunderstorms at first on Sunday. Seas will be rough with swells. Showers will ease off later. The weather will improve in the following couple of days. Slightly cooler in the morning and it will be dry. Strong wind single number three is in force as is the land slip warning. Remind of our top story tonight, a worker dies in a scaffolding collapse as Hong Kong is buffeted by tropical storm Lion Rock. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Gentlemen, this next song comes from Tanzania. It's a song in Swahili, a love song. It simply says, Malaika Nakupenda Malaika, which simply means, I love you, my angel. Kupenda malaika, 
Kaba Malaika was the song she was once upon a time married to Hugh Masekela, by the way. I have to say she's no longer with us, but she did leave some great music behind and certainly Pata Pata was one of her goods too. 20 past 11 on a Friday night, it's Peter King with you through to 1am. We'll take our sentimental journey after the news at 5 past midnight, but for now, a bit of a mixture. One or two requests in so far, if you'd like to add to the list, by the way, just send me an email to Radio Pete at Gmail. Me va, me va, me va, me va, me va. 